You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, whatever the case may be, depending on where you happen to be right now. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Weber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And we're here for you, and we're here thanks to our sponsors as well. And I'd like to welcome our new, we've been talking about them for a while because it's become one of my favorite products, flea products called Brevecto. Anyway, uh, they are now an official sponsor of Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And of course, Save This Life Microchip Kong Veterinary Products. As I mentioned last week, they had an amazing, fun event called More Than a Cone, where they are taking, they supply us, the veterinary community, with a lot of different, really, really fantastic, useful products to make your lives easier with your pets, for your pets. And um, one of them is the cone, of course, the shameful Elizabethan collar that they have to wear after surgeries or if they're attacking their skin. And um, they also have the the inner tube, the blown up inner tube, which I kind of like as well, the pro collar type of collar. But they have an event where they enlist the uh, assistance, if you will, the participation of world famous artists to paint the cones. And they incorporate cones, the cones in their artwork, or they use the cone as a canvas. So now when they're going to probably mass produce some of these winning designs, and what's going to happen is that when your dog has to wear one of those cones. They're not going to wear a cone. They're wearing a piece of art. And uh, that's really cool. And, of course, the money goes to charity and to rescue. Speaking of rescue, we have a special guest today who um, has joined me uh, a few years ago when she wrote, if you can see, JJ, the American Street Dog, and how he came to live in our house. And now followed up with, and this is really, really good information, and we have a lot to talk about. Uh, We have Diane Rose Solomon with us, and she is now out with what to expect when adopting a dog. And that's really important. When you think about it, in many municipalities, certainly in Los Angeles, it is easier to adopt a baby than it is to adopt a dog. And I've had, as an example, and again, I can't figure all of these groups out. It's not my job. I do my best. However, I've had clients that I would consider A-plus clients. And I'm talking the best of the best. Never say no Anything we need to do, they do. They will go that extra mile or 10 miles to, to save their pet. And that pet finally goes, and I refer them to one of the rescue groups I work with. Names, of course, to be withheld at this time because I wasn't so thrilled all the time. And they call me and say, they won't adopt to us. It's like, are you kidding? If I died and came back as a dog, I'd want to live with them. And yet they won't adopt. So the criteria that some of them have are, in my opinion, a bit absurd. The truth of the matter is one thing they all have in common, and we're going to talk a little bit about this today, and that is there is such a thing as a right dog in the right home and also the right dog in the wrong home. And I am the uh, brunt of one such dog. I'm sure many of you heard me talk about when I was five and was mauled by my Doberman, probably because I slept on him in his sleep and he just jumped up and grabbed me by the face. And plastic surgery later, we realized, you know what? This may not be the right dog in a house with four little kids, a dog who had never seen a kid before. He was off the show ring. You can imagine how hyped up he was. He was magnificent, of course. And fortunately, we were able to replace him in a new home down the street with uh, an older couple who had his sister. So it was it worked out well for everybody. I've given up another dog. I had a, a, a we adopted a corgi. I've loved corgis. And I thought, you know what? This dog is so great. I've always liked him. And we have so much energy in my house. 
And I also had two Labradors. Well, guess what? Corgis have a natural instinct. Corgis are herding dogs. And you know how they herd? They nip at the heels. Well, if this poor Corgi kept doing what it was doing to my Labradors, he would have been a dead Corgi because they were ready. At first, it was cute. Oh, really was. But then they were ready to kill him. And around this time, and I'm, I'm just torturing myself what to do with little Calvin. He was so cute. One of my clients adopts a Corgi and says to me, you know, Jeff, she's so lonely at home. I'd love to get another Corgi. I said, oh, my God, you want another Corgi? Do I have the Corgi have for a you? Corgi for you. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, and, and it worked out so well. These two were Mutt and Jeff. They were inseparable. It was like the perfect combo. So Diane, Diane Rose yes. Solomon. Hi, how are you? Welcome. I'm wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. So tell us about what to expect on adopting a dog. Is it always perfect? Is it always going to work out? And what steps do you go through if you if it's just not the right match? What do we do? Well, let's back up a little bit because you just asked mm-hmm. me a couple of questions. But even what you started with earlier about the rescue groups, You know, I actually wrote a blog about this last week because a lot of rescue groups are accused of of exactly what you're talking about. They make it too difficult. But we got to remember it's out of love because they love the dogs. And the the flip side of the coin is that the shelters are accused of just giving the dog to anybody. So I believe there's somehow a a middle ground there that we haven't quite found yet. And that's so I wrote a blog about that last week because I think that they're all doing it out of love. Everybody's doing it out of love. About this book, you know, I started accidentally rescuing a dog 20-something years ago. That was JJ, the one from my first book, the kid's book. And it wasn't my intention to adopt a dog. But I learned then, 20-something years ago, that between 12 and 16 million adoptable animals were being euthanized in the shelters. And it just broke my heart. And I said, well, I need to be somebody that since I have this information – We'll share it with other people. And what can we do to make it better? And over the years, I ended up adopting a bunch of more dogs, one or two who needed to get rehomed because it just wasn't the right fit. In fact, a girlfriend of mine just posted on Facebook the other day. She had to rehome this dog, loved the dog, but it wasn't working out with her kids. And she was putting her kids' safety first. And it's so important. And in fact, at the end of my book, I have a whole little section about what you need to do if you really have to rehome the book. Because the whole first you know, nine-tenths of the book is, what can we do to prevent this from happening in the first place? How do we make it a successful partnership, a pet parenting experience? But sometimes it happens. And then what do I need to know if that's so I can do it right? And so it's in the best interest of the dog and you know that the dog's in a safe place. But this book was really born after having a lot of years of personal experience rescuing animals and then starting to write JG the American Street Dog and then the sequel, JJ Goes to Puppy Class, uh, a couple of years after that. And then I became a certified humane education specialist and I was working in schools, going to schools and talking about compassion and responsibility and kindness. And then I became like the go-to person with my friends and my community. Well, Diane's the expert. Let's ask her. And, you know, where do we need to go, Diane, to find this kind of a dog? Or my dog is ailing and, you know, because you had an ailing dog, what do I do? And I, if I didn't have the answer, I knew where to send them. And then I realized, gosh, all these people are asking me these questions and these are people that I know. How many people are there out there that have the same or similar or even different questions that I don't know that that could really benefit from all this information that I've got in my head and I put it out in the book? And it wasn't just my expertise in the book. I reached out to pet professionals, veterinarians, people in holistic medicine, people in the rescue world, other pet parents who had different experience for me and professional experience, and I included their expertise in the book. So it's not just me. It's a ton of experts in the book, and it's it's an incredible resource. The book has over 100 links to articles and 
organizations and products that I've used and recommended over the years. So, you know, I work with a lot of rescue groups and, uh, you know, one of the biggest uh, problems, and first of all, you're so correct. The numbers are staggering about mm-hmm. how many amazing dogs uh, get to put to sleep, which leads me to another, another issue that I often have. And you sort of stated so accurately about, you know, it's all done out of love. And I think that that is potentially, or, or there are many often, oftentimes that love can be a negative. And I'll explain why I mean in a minute. There are, as you mentioned, several millions of pets that are put to sleep that are extremely adoptable. And I often argue, and again, when you're in practice for a long time, and I'm doing this for this is my 33rd year, is that you add a hat, you know, you have your, your medicine hat, your surgery hat, you know, all your, all your expertises. And I like to call mine the, the practicality hat. And it's not being cold, it's being practical. It's seeing things so many times, you know what the outcome is going to be. And it really, you, I'm not the same veterinarian I was 30 years ago. When I was going to save the world and save every animal. Now you realize, you know, there are a lot of diseases and conditions out there that are way bigger than we are. And as a private practicing veterinarian, as opposed to a university veterinarian, yes, I look at the big picture. I do take the blinders off. It's not just the pet. It is the home. It is the family. It is their financial situation. All these other things have to come into play when we're making decisions about a pet's care and a pet's future. And one thing I'm forever battling the rescue groups is the amount of money they are sinking in to a pet that, yes, mm-hmm. is cute, but is just not adoptable after they get it well. And I'm not mm-hmm. talking about 100 bucks. I'm talking over $1,000. I say to them, wait a second, mm-hmm. time out. You guys get a great deal from the shelter. You can pull a dog out for sometimes 40 bucks. Do you know how many adoptable dogs you can pull out for those $3,000? you know how many lives you can save? And here you are fighting to save one, which you know it's, you can already see is a losing battle. And even if we get it through, the dog is 14. It's not going to be very adoptable. You got to stop being stupid and you got to look at practicality. Yeah. What's the smart thing? So I do put up with that. But their second biggest problem, other than that short-sightedness, is that a lot of the rescue groups, most of them don't have space. They have the heart. They have the, oh my God, the endless supply of dogs and cats that are very adoptable. But where do you put them? The veterinarians don't have the space. I mean, a, a few. And um, fosters. The key to this, if anyone's out there and has the ability to add on a pet, I mean, they joke with me all the time. I already have 11. So my house is pretty full. My bed is full. Mm -hmm. But if you are out there and you can lend a temporary home to a pet, you should work trying to get a hold of some of these rescue groups because they're limiting factor. It's not the money, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, yes, it is to a degree, but mostly with them, it's the space. Okay, I can pull this dog out of the shelter. This dog, I can know I can get adopted. I can take it to the adoption fairs on the weekends, on Saturday and Sunday. But what happens on Monday through Friday? Where am I going to put this dog? So I think that that is a concern of mine. So from your perspective, I would say in my experience, I'd say 98%, 95% of these rescues are successful, where a pet is adopted by a family. Oh, also, one thing I should mention, a lot of the dogs that are finally adopted are adopted by their fosters. In other words, the foster, it's sort of like like a test run. You know, Mm -hmm. they see that, oh my God, this is really cool. I I don't want somebody else to have this dog. I want this dog. And uh, and that's great because then they know what they're getting into. Then they don't have that sticker shock. Then they don't get to the where they finally take that dog home for the first time and where you go, oh, my God, I actually have to clean up all this poop and I have to mm-hmm. walk them and I have to do all these things and be around and, and I can't go out for the weekend anymore. I got to get someone to take mm-hmm. care of the dog. You know, mm-hmm. all these things you have to consider. 
And when you already have a dog in your home and you're fostering it, you're used to it, and he or she is used to you and your routine, it makes the adoption so much easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happens when it's unsuccessful? That's what I want to talk about is also. Um, And I'm glad it's not only happened to me because I know I'm telling you. I've Oh, it happens a lot. What, and one thing I will tell you about the, the, the rescue groups, which I do really, really admire, is that everyone, I don't know a single one, at least a single one that I work with, that don't say to you, if this doesn't work out, please bring the dog back to us. Don't try to yeah, place it yourself. Right. Bring or it to the we'll shelter. take care of it. Back to the shelter. Yeah, right. exactly. Which is very admirable. But actually, one of the questions you asked me earlier, and I'll address this, both questions, is, you know, I try to set you up for success in this book. And the very first module asks if you're even ready for, you know, are are we ready for the responsibility? And I offer a whole checklist in the first module to to even be starting to think about some of the the, the questions. Do I do I have a space in my home? Are we financially in a place? Because some people are very impulsive or they get a gift of a dog and it's just not the right timing or it's not. It doesn't mean you're not going to have a dog at another point. Or there's some people that say, well, I'm not ready because I work all the time. Well, you can still have a dog and the dog is better off in your home than in the shelter, but you got to get a dog walker or take him to doggy daycare or be willing to do something. But you can have a dog if you work full time. It's just you got to be willing to do the workarounds. And then the second module in the book, it talks about, well, where do you even go? Because a lot of people don't even know where to go. They're thinking that they might want to adopt a dog, but they don't even know where to go. So I help them through that process. And then the the third module is what do you need to do and have ready so that you're successful? So the point is I'm setting you up for success. But the next question you just asked is, what do you do when you're not successful? All right. So before we get, Dan, before we get there, we have to break. It is our halfway point to the show. Hold that thought. Everybody, you stay tuned. Now that was the teaser commercial. So now you definitely (laughs) want to stay tuned. We'll be right back after these short words. Don't go away. You're here with Dr. Jeff and Diane Rose Solomon. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. I'm home. My hair looks cute. Now what? Bringing home a puppy or new dog is exciting, and he's depending on you to keep him in good health. Dogs need special care to keep them healthy as they grow throughout their entire life. Caring for their health is critical in all stages. With ProSense, it's simple and convenient to give your dog the care it needs with effective and quality products that treat, prevent, and provide essential daily vitamins and minerals. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years. If you have a pet product or service you would like to promote, give us a call. We can help create awareness for your brand on TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, and blogs. Feel free to reach me directly at 619-414-9307 or learn more on our website at whitegatepr.com or follow us on Facebook. 
Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber and our special guest, Diane Rose Solomon. If you have any questions for either of us, give us a call, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. You can PetLifeRadio.com. Click on the shows, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab, and follow the instructions. There's a link right there, and then you can join us live as well. So before the break, Diane, we were talking about the problems, fortunately, much less common, but it does happen. And I think I, I just do want people to know the solutions that if I adopt this pet, I'm stuck with it for life, even if it doesn't work out. Well, first of all, you know, the rescue groups put in some preventative mes- measures. First of all, usually there's a two-week period when you get to know your dog if you're not fostering, during which if it's not working out, now is the time to bring the dog back. Not a year later when you decide it's just not convenient, because that's not really cool. And I would say instead of, you know, not so much what do you do, but what you don't want to do. Because with the rescue groups, yes, first choice go, goes back to the rescue group, for sure, because they care for the dog. They know the dog. They, they want to be able to place the dog in a, in a loving home. But even just yesterday, I was looking at some classifieds in the newspaper I'm traveling right now. And I can't tell you how many people were trying to rehome their dog through the classifieds. And it's heartbreaking because these people who have, you know, quote unquote, loved this dog for X amount of time, they're just giving their dog to whoever potentially shows up. Maybe they'll vet out, you know, who the potential adopter is, but who knows who's adopting them. So I would say classified is not a good way to go. Um, and bring them back to the shelter. You just don't know. You know, there's a really good chance that they're going to the shelter and they're not getting out of the shelter. So that's not a good choice either. A friend of mine a couple of years ago, she had a cat who her new husband was allergic to. And she asked all of her friends and found, like, like you did, the perfect home for her cat who she'd had for a long time with a friend that she trusted. And I think that's the key. If it can't go back to the rescue because you got the dog from the shelter or from, you know, off the street or whatever and it's not working out, you got to do your due diligence. And there's a great article that I send you to in my book from Adopt a Pet. And it's exactly this, what you need to do when you have to rehome a dog and adoptapet.com. It's a huge resource in my book. They have some great, great articles and that's one of them. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy this is, this was written because, well, first of all, in many municipalities for very, very good reason, the days of the pet store in the mall mm-hmm. selling these, unfortunately, very cute puppies. Also, unfortunately, not always very healthy puppies, but, but certainly right. very cute. And you talked or you mentioned about impulse, how, you know, it should never be an impulse situation mm-hmm. in the first place. Um, gift. When every time we, when I go through the holiday chants and, you know, here we have not too far away coming up the holidays. And I always tell people never, never buy a pet as a gift. Yeah. I'm, you know, one of the things that I was, was thinking about earlier when we were talking about rehoming and, you know, and really how this book was created, this, my book, my brand new book, what to expect when adopting a dog was created so that pet parents can have a successful experience so that they never have to get to that point. And as I mentioned, there's the first three modules that that really set you up for success just in the preparation. And then in the fourth module, 
I talk about like integrating a pet into your life and safety for your children, if you have children or, or any people in your life, and safety for the dog, because you, you want everybody to be safe and be having a really good experience. And then in the last module, I talk about more advanced stuff. And what if you have a really high energy dog? A lot of dogs go back to the shelter because they're just nuts and good nuts, high energy. They have, they need a job though, like a herding type dog. They need a job. And so there's agility classes that they can take. There's so much that you can do if you're willing to do it. And that's, that, that's one of the things I talk about in the book is knowing the breed of the dog that you're going to have before you before you set out on this journey so that you can be successful so that you don't even have to entertain these conversations at some point. And then at the, the very end, I talk about some advanced stuff, like some advanced health things in dogs and, and that, that sort of stuff. And, you know, I was actually at an event yesterday. I'm visiting in Oregon and I was at an event yesterday with a rescue, a few rescue groups. And they were talking about how, you know, even though it's so hard to adopt from a rescue group, which is how Dr. Jeff was starting out the conversation, they get so many fewer returns on their dogs. I think I heard like 5% was the number because they take the time to really match the dog with the family. And in contrast, the shelters get many more return dogs because it wasn't a good match. And so there is something to the, the vetting process from the rescue groups. And yet I totally understand that the shelters are so overcrowded and they really just need to do their best to find the dogs at home to, so that they're not euthanized and so that they can make room for another dog. So I, I respect both sides of it. It's, it's hard. They're all doing their best. And in fact, it's interesting too. I'm visiting in Oregon right now. I'm from California where there's a tremendous pet overpopulation situation still happening. And, and the southern states, I was reading a book uh, called Rescue Road a few months ago, fantastic book, and it talks about how in the deep south, how many millions of animals there are that are homeless. But there's transport. There's an organization in Southern California called START, and they transport dogs up to Oregon, where I am right now, and in Washington State, where there's more families waiting for adoptable dogs that they just want to help who they know have been in the shelter. So there's a lot of really good people doing a lot. And my goal is just to help people before they get into the pet parenting process and then all throughout it so that it can be a successful um, experience. And there was a family adopting a dog yesterday. And I said, look at my new book. This will be so helpful. And they, they walked out with a copy yesterday. They were so excited because they had a lot of questions too. So the book is really for the whole, whole all the steps before you're even ready, when you're ready. And then, um, you know, even, even once you have the dog, what, what do we need to know now? So it's a very comprehensive book. So tell us, Diane, what, you know, so if, when you have that situation where it's not necessarily working out ideally, what are some of the options we have? Well, you know, as we were talking about, you know, I mentioned in the book that, you know, you, Choice one was what we were talking about earlier is speak to the rescue, let them know it's not working out. Uh, maybe even before that, if there's a chance you think it could still work out, you bring in a trainer or some other professional. Maybe there's just a small tweak you can do that, that'll help. And as I mentioned, what you don't want to do is you don't want to just place a, an ad in the, the local classified because that's, you know, you, you don't know where your beloved pet is going. And as I mentioned a few minutes ago, there's a whole part in the end of my book and I share that adoptapet.com has a great article, exactly what you need to do. And I do that throughout the book, like where, where my expertise ends, I send you to the expert all throughout the book, which there's a ton of links in the book, you know, that, that really help you. 
um, get more information where I give you the basics and then you can go the deeper dive. But the book was really created so that you hopefully don't have to get to that place, you know, so you're really set up for success. And of course, it's not 100 percent. It can't be Um, stuff happens and, you know, situations come up and, you know, you just want to be as prepared as you can going into it. And then if it does happen. Just you, you call the rescue group and you, you do the best finding a friend if that doesn't work out. You know, unfortunately, and fortunately, that there are countless wonderful animals waiting to be adopted. If this one's not working out, you should not have a bad taste in your mouth because there's always a, there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. And I, you mentioned earlier with your friend, it was a, um, the safety of the kids. Right. Um, not every dog that is wonderful with you when you go to look at it and play with it is going to be wonderful with small children. It's almost a intuitively know that kids sometimes grab. One thing you have to remember that most of the dogs that are out there for adoption were often somebody else's failure, somebody else's experience due to somebody else's lack of, of the caring that you have, et cetera. They're not these usually, not sometimes, of course, you, you can get lucky, but they're not that cute little eight-week-old puppy that is waiting to be molded to fit you. They have had experiences, and unfortunately, they can't tell us what they were. And right. it's amazing that you have to keep that in mind as you're adopting, that it's not going to be perfection right away. It mm-hmm. Most likely, most of the cases will be, but you have to give a little extra time. We're trying to figure them out just as much as they are trying to figure you out. Right. I can't tell you how many times I'll approach a dog and I have a hat on, like a baseball cap. And someone will say, oh, no, be careful. He just seems to really go after baseball caps. What does that tell you? That this mm-hmm. dog obviously had a really bad experience with someone wearing a baseball cap. Mm-hmm. And they're not stupid. They wouldn't have survived mm-hmm. all these years if they were. So this dog mm-hmm. knows something that you don't know, and we have to mm-hmm. work around it. So when you're adopting, have that open heart. Of course, you have, or else you wouldn't be adopting. But you need to have an open mind as well. You need to know that there's going to take some work. And, you know, and I'm telling you, I got some clients that were so lucky, literally more often than not, I'm saying to my clients, as I'm with them and there's this newly adopted pet, I say, I can't believe that someone gave this dog up. This dog is perfect. So I'm shocked. I said, you are so lucky you hit the jackpot because this dog seems like it's the absolutely perfect dog. And I can't tell you how many times I've had to say no in seeing dogs, as I was joking before, that they don't make a bed bigger than a California cane right now. So I have no more room. But <laughs> right. uh, not to mention the rule, the, the, the municipal rules I'm already breaking for having a bed. Don't, don't tell anybody. <laughs> don't tell anybody. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, it's, uh, it's the best experience in the world. Truly, when you adopt, you are saving a life. If you adopt a few, you're saving a few lives. Keep that in mind. If you have that big house, the kids are gone. It's empty. You're lonely. There's nothing better, mm-hmm. and they won't talk back, and they're not going to mm-hmm. ask you for money. So uh, in many ways, it's probably more enjoyable than it was. It's like I have grandchildren, and I always say, had I known how great it would be to have grandchildren, I would have skipped the kids and gone straight to the grandchildren. <laughs> anyway, so Diane Rose Solomon, thank you so much for joining us. Once again, it's My what pleasure. to expect when adopting a dog. It's a, a great resource. It's full of a lot of information. Um and uh, you please let us know when the next book is going to be coming out. And we would love to have you on. And again, if there's anything that comes up, you just would like to um, let us know. If, if you have time to talk about any kind of topic, love to have you back. 
and we'll, we'll spread it out there so people can be prepared to maybe call in with questions and go from there. So um, anyway, want to thank uh, thank you for joining us. I uh, want to thank, thank our host at Products, um, Save This Life Microchip, Bravecto, and KVP, Kong Veterinary Products, uh, promoting animal wellness through the arts. And uh, once again, we will see everyone here next week, same time, uh, 9 o'clock out here in the West, noon uh, in the East, and anywhere in between. So uh, thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Jeff Werber, and we'll see you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.